Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. morning millennials welcome back to the morning toast happy wednesday it is a hump day hope everyone's doing great hey Jax, how you doing i'm doing good you know it's hump day which means we're getting over the hump this week it does feel like it deserves to be a thursday i'm not gonna lie i couldn't agree more but imagine my surprise when i woke up and it wasn't tuesday like i was just I thought it was tuesday this the first half of the hump did go by rather quickly. Oh, so we're saying opposite things. Yeah, but like, of course, it should always be a Thursday. <laughs> okay, you just like vehemently agreed with me. And yeah, then, of course. No, and I then disagreed. I agree with your right to be alive on a Thursday. Like, I'll yeah. never take that away from you. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. But in order to get to tomorrow, we have to get through today. You know, I do feel that. Like, it should be a Thursday. That's what I'm saying. But also grateful for a Wednesday. Because you know what? It's not a Tuesday and it ain't a Monday. That's true. And you get to hump someone you love. So, you know, call do, call brew, get the boys out here. It's going down. Because you know what? We, we them boys. boys. We making noise. We making. We making. I did a little remix. We making noise. I'm just in this like musical headspace because I told you yesterday I've been working a lot on my song. Okay. Um, It's pretty much done. Like, Can the- you give us a tease? Can you um, give us like a, a lyric? Yeah, okay, you know what I can? I actually, we came up with this like last week, and by we, I mean my songwriter, Felipe, like I didn't do it. Um, but last week we were doing the, the bridge, and he came up with a lyric that references toast, which like I just loved, loved so much. It's called, should I sing it or just like say the line? Whatever you feel more comfortable with. A toast to us, the wild ones. Toast to the wild ones. So that was just like really exciting. That is exciting. I know. The pitch is going to need work. <laughs> Sorry, it just like wasn't your best. But I know. Well, hurt, but by the way, hurt, hurt me where it actually hurts, you know? But I know that like this song is gonna, like you have an amazing voice. You just like didn't grace us with it this morning. You! <laughs> Fucking bitch. Like that's like me I'm, hurting I'm, you like right at your core. Like I don't even know what I could say to hurt I'm you. I'm here equally. to make, like to make you better, stronger, the best version of you. You know what? I'm good. No, no, no. I'm good. No, I won't let you put out mediocrity. Put out mediocrity. I can't fucking talk to you anymore. You're so fucking negative. Oh my god, I'm so supportive. Put out you mediocrity. You just want blind support, and you're not gonna no, get that I from don't. your girl. Put out mediocrity. Like I was just, I wasn't performing. I was just like sharing a <laughs> lyric. Like you don't have to analyze everything, okay? Okay, fine. This is already a hard day for me. Like Christine and Cody from Sister Wives are broken up. Like you have no, you have no sympathy for what I'm going through. I don't because I don't know what it means, and I'm going to need you to explain it to me. Can't in wait. The fast five. Yeah, of course we're talking about that. We're also talking about Vanderpump Rules that was on last night, um, and it's just like a good hump day to be alive. Yes, yes, it is. We're in the thick of November. I'm really feeling this Freezing. November energy. You know, I'm really liking the space that we're in. I, I would like the space that I was into if I lived in a home where I could see the outside. So, yeah, my bunker doesn't really allow me to understand the seasonal changes. Got it. But, like, when you leave your house, are you freezing? Fit, you're feeling it? Yeah. I mean, I got my coat on today, Sherpa. 
Oh, it's, there she is. Yeah, I love being, you know, in the cold weather, but today was just like a little colder than I expected. I forgot to watch the weather snitch. And I didn't realize like it's full. It's fully winter outside. Yeah. Today. I watched the weather snitch and she told me what I needed to know. So I put on this little cozy little buzzer that has little pictures. It's of, really cute. Of Teddy's Ted. I'm going to wear it to the Ted three premiere. He'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> I won't be getting in. Literally. In this. Uh, no, I actually think they would appreciate the originality and creativity and, and the the motivation and spirit for the brand. For sure. But they'd be like, girl, you're wearing a sweatshirt to a premiere. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I guess. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? About my sweater? No. Whatever. I can't remember. Um, I'm just excited to chat. You know, I love chatting. Great. Chat, chat, chat. Did you do something new with your makeup today? No. It looks like you have like a smoky eye. No. You didn't do the brown. I've been doing the brown like every day. It looks like a different. Since you did my makeup. It looks like a different color brown. Holy shit. Yes. I used a different bronzer like. As your lid. As my lid. Wow. You're very observatory. I, I'm, Observant? Always, I'm always paying attention. Always. It's a little annoying. <laughs> like pay less attention. It's Jackie, pay am. less shoe source. Okay. It's who I am. Are Payless shoe sources still in business? I haven't seen one in a while. Mr. Bogo Energy. Payless. Oh, they rebranded? Yeah, it's just called Payless. It's not Payless shoe source anymore? No, if it ever was. A hundred percent it was. Okay, it's just Payless. Was it Payless shoe source or Payless shoe stores? I think source. Now that I think about it, like such a bizarre name for a store. Yeah, but that's why I think it was just called Payless. Yeah, no. I do think that they eventually rebranded to Payless. I'm being dead serious. Okay. You no, know, this is... This is a quick Google. Okay. Hopefully it's working out for them. I hope they're still in business. But I don't think there's I don't a think lot they in are. the city if there ever were. There was one, I remember. Mm-hmm. Payless Shoe Source. They are called Payless now. They still have a website. But yes, the store in Queens on Google, it's Payless Shoe Source. I guess it hasn't updated to the new name. They haven't gotten the new branding from the headquarters yet. Yeah. Honestly, like, kind of craving a Payless Shoe Source right now. They had some bomb BOGO sales. Buy one, get one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, today's just going to be a fabulous regular day of the toast. I feel like it's been so long since we've had like normalcy here because there I was in Italy, then there was the COVID exposure, and then there was Halloween, and now I'm just so excited to be like in my regular clothes. Yes. Sitting and chatting. Sitting and chatting. On my side of the, the set. Yes, but we did have a regular show yesterday, yeah, too. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just I'm getting back into the groove, you know? Okay. I'm such a, a routine-based girl. I don't know if you know that about me. I, I would say that you are. Really? You're oh, a creature of habit. A creature of habit. And you know what? I remember what I was going to say five minutes ago. You know what I did yesterday that I think I'm going to start implementing into my everyday life? Hmm. While I was getting ready for the toast, I put on the Today Show. So when, when I get ready, it's like the third hour of today. And it's just like nonsense, like some celebrity interviews. Yesterday, I saw the guy from The Sopranos and the golf player. I don't know. I just feel like it was a good way to start my day. Like That's feel- interesting because this morning I put on Give Them Lala with Randall because someone told me that she talks about the Randall situation at 227 and I had to go run and listen and I did and like she what she says is that she won't be talking about it she's not ready to talk about it her daughter needs privacy Mm -hmm. please respect that and then she talks about how it's affected her sobriety which um spoiler alert it's been totally fine and she actually feels stronger than ever in her sobriety during this time um but then I was like sitting there doing my makeup listening to a podcast and I was like you know this is kind of nice it's like a little companion so I was like maybe I should start listening to a podcast before I get ready for the toast but it would have to be something like so different from our show because you don't want to implant I don't want to yeah it would influence like what I say Mm -hmm. and then I started like with talking like these people and like I like to have my own thing going on yeah so I think I, I don't know I would have to be just 
something completely random. Yeah. Well, the third hour of the Today Show is not like the best, I would say. I think who hosts it? Um, Al Roker's there, and I don't know the other three people. And they were doing like fun, you know, fashion segments. You know, cable knit sweaters are back in style. Um, and they had a bunch of celeb interviews and just like travel segments. So it was just like real, like giving me, you know, morning glory vibes. Like, like giving you nothing. Giving me nothing, but just like everything at the same time. Yes. Like inner peace. Like just knowing like there's so much going on in the world. Like this is what these people are talking about. Like yeah. it was kind of like everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do wish like my schedule better synced up with like Hoda, you know? Because I think that's probably if I were to associate myself with like any hour of the today show would probably be the fourth got it which i think is hoda and jenna mm. but no um i'm stuck in the third hour and it's i don't know i just kind of like felt like an adult like watching cable in the morning like crazy yeah no that's it's an interesting it's an interesting prospect i might have to find like the right podcast that talks about nothing that we talk about what do you usually listen to or do with your when you're doing your makeup and your hair in the mornings pretty much silence me too sometimes music if it's friday or if there's like an album that came out that i'm really wanting yeah, to listen to but sometimes when i put on music it makes me move slower because i'm like mm. enjoy i'm like and these Swaying days i'm the always in a rush because i'm always like now i have to like make breakfast before i leave the house because i'm always hungry so That's so cute that like takes up time or i like to just get as much sleep as i can and then like rush the makeup process. oh that's my favorite thing to do yeah um so yeah that's pretty much it for me what about you anything else you want to share with the group oh i watched britney murphy i saw it was really upsetting yeah i have to watch your guys's recap of it okay um but I kind of like that towards the end. I like how the documentary was called What Happened to Brittany Murphy and like we still don't know. But the overall consensus, like there isn't this major conspiracy. Like she probably wasn't poisoned, but she was controlled and manipulated so much to the point where like she wasn't able to take care of herself and like she literally died of like... Neglect. Neglect, yeah. Like like this is going to sound terrible, but like a dog. Like we don't feed a dog. Like it's so... It was so upsetting and so much weirdness. I, you know, I, we were so young. I don't really remember. I was never really invested in the story, but I loved her as an actress, Uptown Girls, all that stuff. But the mom and the boyfriend on Larry King, like, it was so crazy. Like, you can't believe this stuff actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said. You should check it out. I, I'm sure we have the same opinions. Yeah, no, I want to watch it. But it was, I thought it was very well done. It was. And they did tour trust with a thousand pieces, you know? No. Two parts, two, parts is, two hours. Two parts is good. Suffices. It's good. It's good. Okay, so without further ado, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's jump right into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And today's episode is brought to you by Organifi, a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is a science-backed craft to the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. The Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha, it helps reduce stress, support healthy cortisol levels, and the Organifi gold, which is a superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation so you can wake up feeling refreshed. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise the quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works to just less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com toast and use the code toast for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash toast. Use code toast for 20% off any item. Great. Okay, our first story, Britney Spears is speaking out and she's blaming her mom for giving her dad the idea of a conservatorship. So Britney took to Instagram, as she always does, 
but in a now deleted Instagram post last night where she was spilling some tea. She's talking about the moment that she smiled. She said, I realize I haven't in a very long time. My mom gets so concerned and, and says, you're acting weird. What's wrong with you? I say, hi, my name is Britney Spears. Nice to finally meet you. Anyway, she said, my dad may have started the conservatorship 13 years ago, but what people don't know is that my mom is the one who gave him the idea. I will never get those years back. She secretly ruined my life. Mm. And yes, I will call her and Lou Taylor out on it. So take your whole I have no idea what's going on attitude and go fuck yourself. You know exactly what you did. My dad is not smart enough to ever think of a conservatorship, but tonight I will smile knowing I have a new life ahead of me. You know what? I think for a while, like, of course, the villain of the story has always been Jamie Spears. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, not people who are so, so, so invested in the movement, but just, like, people who have been following, and myself included, are really unsure of, like, where other members of the family, like, have landed in this whole thing. Like, were they Team Britney? Were they secretly just, like, stealing her money? Um, And slowly but surely, she has peeled back the layers and showed us, like, it's not just Jamie here. Like, he's the face of this thing. Yeah. But it's really the whole family who were just, like, all on board, all living off the estate. Um, and he couldn't do this alone because right. if everybody else in the family had Britney's back, then like he would be the outcast. And it's like, what are you doing, right. you grifter? Yeah. But he clearly had the support of other members of the family if he was able to get away with this. And usually, like my philosophy is like, I do not support really no matter what's going on, like airing your dirty laundry family stuff publicly. Like I just think you know, family stuff should remain private. But this, I'm like living for every Instagram caption, like more, 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 can't post enough, can't get enough. That ethos doesn't apply here because it's been aired. It was aired the day 13 years ago when they took her to court and put her under conservatorship. Yeah. And they put her life even more out in the public. Like this isn't, you know, family tings. Like this is straight up betrayal. Agreed. But you know, it's... It's just not something I naturally, like, lean into. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I, I, I do feel like, you know, the... This is an exception the to the lines rule. have been crossed here. There's There are none, like, it's fair game. What they did to her, nothing she could ever say or ever do would compare to what they did to her. So if she wants to take little jabs here and there, go off queen. Go <laughs> off queen. There's also a lot of talk I've been seeing, especially on Dumois, like, about a potential Disney biopic and, like, how allegedly, like, Margot Robbie is dying to play Britney um and Britney's been like rejecting all these scripts and she posted a video on her Instagram like I've been getting all these scripts about my life and like they're all just filled with lies like who's gonna write a movie about me nobody knows what I've been going through for the last 13 years so why doesn't she get involved I'm sure she will she's busy like she's just got her freedom like yeah she needs to live a little bit but I definitely think there should and probably will be a movie and I do think Margot Robbie's the perfect person to play her yeah she should take some time off and then she should be executive producing that helping with the script. Like, it should really be Britney's story told at a very, like, high level. And it should be based on, like, real things from the person who experienced it. And, like, we do need one official Britney movie, doc, or something because we have all these other ones that she's, like, saying, like, stop. Even though they're, like, so critically acclaimed. And they're helping, technically. Britney Spears, Britney versus Spears. Like, her and Sam are, like, stop making money off of her trauma. story, yeah. So we need her to get involved in the official one to put all the other ones to bed. And also so I know which one to watch. Yeah, no, I want to watch the Britney approved one. I want to watch the one that Britney's involved in. And I assume, not yet, obviously, because again, she's just like, she's been taking like a million vacations. She can finally like travel without going through like having to put in paperwork. Like she could just go. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be like a movie, a book, 
I think they'll be all of that in due time. In due time. I'm in no rush. I'm not putting any pressure on Brit. Like, live your life, go on your vacations, do your dances. Like, just be happy. Yeah, I agree. Take your time. Okay, our next story. Sister Wives Christine Brown splits from Cody Brown. After 25 years, she says, we've grown apart. Christine announced the pair split on Instagram Tuesday, saying the longtime couple had grown apart. Quote, after more than 25 years together, Cody and I have grown apart and have made the difficult decision to leave. We will continue to be a strong presence in each other's lives as we parent our beautiful children and support our wonderful family. At this time, we ask for your grace and kindness as we navigate through this stage with our family. Okay, so let me just give you the backstory here. Please do. Sister Wives is a show on TLC about this literal, like, monster named Cody who has, the show started with three wives and they acquired a fourth one um, along the way. It's actually right when the show started and it was like all this tension because like Robin, who was the new wife, was like this hot young thing and like it was definitely weirdness. So the first woman he married was Mary Mm -hmm. and they have one kid together and I think that if I, if you ask me or any Sister Wives fan, like who would be the first wife to leave, it was always going to be Mary. Like it was just, she was so unhappy, always. Um, And he legally married her a million years ago, like in the 90s and they were married and then they got other wives, but... What is the basis for their polygamy? Like, I believe they're Mormon. Okay. But, like, they're always fleeing different communities. Like, the show started in Utah. They live in Flagstaff. Now they moved to Nevada at some point. Like, I don't know, like, what church... I think they're real, like, outsiders, like, okay. of their community. So he married Mary legally. And then when they decided to become, like, polygamous, they brought on Janelle, But he only married her spiritually. Of course, you can't legally have multiple marriages. So the woman he was always married to was Mary, the first one. Then Janelle. Then Christine, who's the one who just left. Then when Robin came along, when they got the show, he legally separated from the original wife, Mary, to legally marry Robin. And that just changed the dynamic. Like, why did you not legally separate from Mary to marry Janelle? So there, there has just been so much weirdness since, since then. And when you watch a show, I haven't wa- watched up or, or kept up with every episode, but, like, these are miserable people. Like, everything they do is just miserable. Like, the living conditions, like, everything is just miserable. They're unhappy people. So I, I'm not surprised that a wife left. I am surprised, one, that it took this long, and B, that it was Christine. But allegedly, I didn't watch last season. At the end of the episode, they had moved to Flagstaff, and Christine was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, where, where I'm so unhappy. Like, so... To people who are really devout watchers of the show, it's not surprising. But I do think that a lot of people would have assumed Mary would have gone first. Because she's maybe, just like an unhappy woman. Maybe Christine is breaking down the door. Oh, yes. And now the women, they'll, they might see how Christine fares out there. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure she'll get like a condo and a new man and a book. Maybe two. And maybe a book. two. Yeah. And then Mary will be like, if oh, Christine nice. can do it, I can do it. See, and Mary only shares one kid with Cody. Christine, who just left, shares five. Whoa. So it's just like a lot. And you know what? I need a big condo. I think a part of the reason why these women don't leave is because of the show. So I don't know what the hell they do for a living, but like they have five homes, like because they have five. You know what I mean? They they literally, I remember when they moved to Nevada, they bought a whole cul-de-sac. Because oh, each, each wife, have their own home? they each have their own home and he spends certain nights. So Except in the first house they lived in in Utah, it was literally like this one home with four apartments. It was... So sad. Oh, my God. Wait, so couldn't Christine just stay in her solo home? Probably. Oh, well, 
even easier. I mean, I don't know if she would want to. It's like, it's so toxic, Jackie. Like, okay. you watch one episode, you don't know how these people live, and you really feel bad for the kids. When like, you said, like, they own five homes, I was like, she could go stay in another one. You no, know, it's all, they're all, I don't know what They're the, all on one street. I don't know what the flag staff conditions are, but the last time I watched a show in Nevada, they were all on a cul-de-sac. It was like four identical model homes. How does this man afford all of this? Right. And if it wasn't for the show, like, how does one man live a polygamous lifestyle? Exactly. Comfortably. So when the show first started, they were living in one home with three apartments, and, like, that would make sense for how like one guy supports three wives right but now I think the show pays them very well I know they they do oh here's the best part I cannot believe I forgot to tell you this Mary the initial wife is a Lula Row retailer queen <laughs> so there's just like all these things going on um and yes so the show is a major part of it I think they make a lot of money from the show like who would walk away from that like they went from living in one home with four families to living in a cul-de-sac you know yeah so it's it's a very di- complex dynamic, I would say. Got it. Okay, well, thank you for that brief explainer. I'm, I'm rooting for Christine. I hope that, you know, she too. lives a happy, fruitful life and that she can inspire other women within her own family and maybe other women elsewhere. I know it's easy for me to say this because she left. But, like, she was always my favorite. But the thing <laughs> is, is, like, every season, I remember Mary's always been, like, miserable. There was a time when Janelle, the second wife, was, like, super miserable. and we thought she was going to leave. So it's, like, kind of a thing with their show. It's, like, every season some wife is miserable about yeah. something, but none of them ever actually leave. And I just think that this is, like, a pivotal moment. Wow. Okay, so wait, I'm looking at this picture. Which one is Christine? All the way on the left. Okay. Okay, I'll do a little thing for you, okay? Okay. Christine. Mm-hmm. First wife, Mary. Wow, she got shoved all the way to the end. That's Mary. She's the Lula Row retailer. The one in the pink, this is on the People Magazine article, that's Robin. That's the hot young thing that came in at the beginning of the show, and she's the disruptor. Okay. Obviously, the middle monster is Cody. I don't know how this man pulled four women. He's so weird looking. Um, and then the little short one is Janelle. Okay, cute. Yeah. Janelle went through this major weight loss a couple years ago. I think she lost like over 100 pounds. Wow. Yeah. No, it's kind of like an interesting, it's its own planet, the Sister Wives universe, you know? Yeah. So I, and I think a lot of people like vacation on that planet. So that's the tea. That's the tea. Um, yeah. Where are my fellow Sister Wives at? Like obsessed. I started watching the show in high school. Like, and I don't keep up with it anymore, but when it's on, I'll obviously watch it. It's like, see what the gang's up to. The kids have gotten so old. How and many kids total? A thousand. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, probably like 10 Mary and uh, six between the two was Robin had her own kids before okay and then her and Cody had some so there's like a so this is like blended on steroids <laughs> <laughs> it's the blended wives yeah no this is like blended to the next level yeah times four four different homes to the nth degree yeah 100% great are you ready for our next story um is it the next story that's brought to you by ship station it is that's great because the holidays are the most wonderful time of year. We were literally just talking about that. But if you're running an online store, you know it can also be the craziest and busy time of your year. So if you've got inventory to manage, orders to fill, and a growing list of stressed out customers checking in twice a day, wondering those last minute gifts are going to arrive on time, check out ShipStation. The hassle of shipping out holiday orders melts away, leaving you with happy customers and more freedom to run your business. If you sell anything online, we don't need to tell you that shipping can be very frustrating. So many carriers, tons of factors that go into figuring out the best rate for each order. And with more people shopping online every year, especially given the pandemic, 
ShipStation is making the easy part of running your business online your shipping. You can get back to doing what you're passionate about, which is growing your business. They help you easily import your orders from every sales channel, whether that's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or even your own website, and they automate just about any shipping task. It's all used on one easy-to-use dashboard. You can change your shipping solution. It can seem daunting to do that, but you'll be so much happier. ShipStation works with all major carriers, international and local, like FedEx, USPS, and UPS. 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business. It's that good. Make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. Use our offer code TOAST to get a 60-day free trial, just enough time to handle the the holiday shipping rush. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the the page, and enter code TOAST, ShipStation. Make ship happen. Love it. Okay, next story. Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin's daughter... Delilah Bell Hamlin says she was hospitalized after overdosing on prescription drugs. Okay, Delilah Bell Hamlin took to Instagram the other night to share her story in a nearly 30-minute video that was originally an IG Live that she then uploaded to her Instagram, so you can go and watch it. She said, here's my story, I guess. And she reflected on the past year of her search for answers about her health. She noted that some people who remain unnamed told her not to talk about what she experienced. Yeah, they remain unnamed, but I feel as though she made it pretty clear it was her mom. Okay, so this Us Weekly article has a lot of the details of um, what she experienced. She said, this is scary to do. Basically, in the beginning of the year, I want to say February and March, is when I got my COVID-19 vaccine. And after the second vaccine, I was sick for like 36 hours. I felt like my bones were breaking, but like whatever. That's when everything kind of started. She then recalled flying home from the UK to get her second dose of the Moderna shot, which wasn't available at the UK at the time. Following her 11-hour flight, she had a severe panic attack and called her housekeeper for help. She said... She called her housekeeper for help, not her mom. Yes, she said that she didn't think her parents would come down. So I read this article and I was still really confused because there's so much information in here. So I watched the whole video. Okay, I watched like half of it because it was long. To get, to try and understand what she was saying because there's a lot to, she, you know, she's going through so much. Yeah. There are so many things going on. She said, I didn't realize that the vaccine would cause an autoimmune response in my body. Basically, it flared up and triggered certain autoimmune diseases that I didn't know I had. I started getting really sick. I started feeling like I had the flu. I was getting migraines. I was having panic attacks. And it was like my body was in constant fight or flight mode. It was horrible. So she the vaccine for her triggered like these dormant autoimmune diseases that she She didn't know she had. She didn't know she had pandas. And then also, um, like, this anxiety disorder that was giving her terrible panic, panic attacks. attacks. Then also inflammation of the brain. Then she got tested for tick-borne illnesses. Like Lyme disease. And that's when she was like, you know, which is so ironic. Oh. And so that has people wondering if she didn't want to share her story because she has Lyme disease. Right. And she, her mother doubted the fact that Yolanda did and accused her of having Munchausen syndrome. Right. So that is one of the many ailments that she's struggling with. And so eventually... By the way, she, the way that I perceived it was that her mom didn't want her to say it publicly because essentially what she's saying is like this whole thing is as a result of the vaccine. Yes. And she said, I'm not anti-vax. Like, this is just what happened to me. And I, I think this is a very rare thing to happen. But she doesn't... I don't think Lisa wanted her kid out there like making a political statement. Yes, there are people who think that. And also, she never said it was her mom who didn't want her to say. No, we're just guessing. Someone close to her didn't want to say. And throughout the the video, there's like moments where it's like her parents are very much there for her. And then there are also moments where it's like... She called her housekeeper. She called her housekeeper. Also, she was very sick and she had to go do a shoot in Portugal. And her mom still made her go. She was like, our mom has just taught us, you know, like even if you're dying, like you have to work. Like a strong work ethic, but you know, 
there At what is cost? there is a, a, a limit. line. And then she also said that her and her family found this facility for her to go to in Arizona where she could like detoxify. So also the main headline here was that she was having really terrible panic attacks. She started seeing a psychiatrist who overprescribed her Xanax. She became extremely dependent on Xanax. Taking three milligrams a day. Three milligrams a day, which is so much. And she's a tiny, tiny, tiny person. Yeah. And so she was on that medication. And one night she also took Benadryl and she had to go to the hospital. She accidentally overdosed. Right. And the headline is misleading. The headline is misleading. And also that's just like one piece of this whole story. Right. Because then when she figured out she was being overprescribed on Xanax, she went off of it. But you can't, if you're like heavily reliant on Xanax and you go off of it almost immediately, it triggers seizures. So then she started so having seizures. She went to this facility in Arizona to detox and they were going to take care of her. And she was so excited and she felt like she was getting better and she was like weaning off of the Xanax but she they asked her to leave because she was like a medical liability because she was having seizures she was scaring the staff she said one day just her legs didn't work and she collapsed and got a concussion she (gasps) hit her head and they asked her to leave and so and I think that's where she is now like she I think she left recently and she like doesn't know what to do do, where to turn and I think she just like turned to her Instagram because she's like out of ideas and she should talk to Yolanda I think that's what like people were commenting. It's a really, really sad story. And she talks about how her like boyfriend's been there through. So anyways, Mm -hmm. the stuff about her family was interesting because she was like, my family and I found this facility. But then she also said that she had to pay for it herself. Mm. That she had to like invest her money into it, into going, which was like an interesting factoid. Yeah. So there's like the Delilah piece of it. There's the health piece of it. And then of course, you know, there's the Yolanda of it all. And there's Rinna. Like what is Rinna thinking? Right. And they are filming. Yeah. No, by the way, I do think that your reasoning for Rinna wanting her not to say it is better. Is that like more Yolanda than vaccine? Yeah. I thought when I first heard it, like, I was like, of course, Lisa doesn't want to put her kid in the middle. Like, her kid becomes a face of like anti vax or whatever. I mean, she said multiple times that this, she's, she's not. not the, 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 this is just but, what happened. Right. No, she's not lying. So I, that's what I immediately thought. But honestly, um, the way you just phrased it, like her, Lisa not wanting Delilah to say anything because of the Munchausens of it all. I actually think that's a more And that realistic. she's having these inexplicable health issues that are occurring internally that you don't necessarily see, see externally. And it's a... It's, it's literally what happened to Yolanda. back to, you know, Yolanda. No, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like justice for Yolanda. Yeah, but it's a really, like, sad. I, mean, I know, it's really so sad. She's so young to be experiencing all of these health issues and they just, like, keep compounding one another where like once she finds a solution for one thing it, it and now she's on antibiotics antivirals psychiatric medication mm. there was another um the medicine that she accidentally overdosed on wasn't xanax it was called pro um propran propranolol i don't know but i mean when you're taking this many medications it's the body good. and again she's, and she's tiny so like it's a lot yeah damn that's so crazy yeah I, felt, I really I'm, hope she's okay. She's such a nice girl. She's so nice. The video, she's just like really feeling helpless. And her dog was snoring the whole time. <laughs> I know. And it was so cute. I know. Bruno was like, what? Who? Where? No, by the way, that was Theo during this week's episode of Curb. Did you watch? I like, got the dog cafe. Yeah. Theo lost his fucking mind. Oh my God. This week's episode of Curb, um, the fact that she calls her dog Angel Muffin, you know that's what I call Bruce. No, but like, 
I don't think that's a weird name at all. No, not at all. But I'm always like, we're making angel muffins tonight. Like, <laughs> like I actually call him Angel Muffin. So it's not that far-fetched of a name. No, it's extremely relatable. He's a muffin made it, from angels. Very true. Soft, buttery, delicious. It's very simple. Um, so really wishing Delilah Bell all the best. That's really tough. Mm-hmm. Same. Okay, next story, switching gears. Nick Lachey will be missing out on the best book ever written because he reveals he's never read his ex-wife Jessica Simpson's memoir and that he never will. He oh. said, I know what the truth is. Oh, so, oh, please, such a gaslighter. Well, he was on um, Radio Andy and Andy asked him if Oh, sorry, he... really quickly, that just reminded me of something. Mm. The craziest part about the Whitney, Brittany Murphy documentary is the clips of Ashton Kutcher on the Howard Stern show. Where Howard Stern calls Brittany Murphy the fat, ugly chick from Clueless. He's like, yeah, that's who you're dating right now? The fat, ugly chick? Yeah, but Ashim was a really menschy about it. Really? I, th- I thought he could have been menschier. Really? He was like, well, basically what he said, he's like, you know, in Hollywood, the ugly girl is always like a pretty girl, like with glasses. Well, he's doing an interview, but he, he really doesn't like get in the mud with Howard. Like he, not like, yeah, and she turned it around. Like he was like, she was always beautiful. That's- I know. I just felt like he could have like. Stood up for his girlfriend more. I thought she, I thought he was menschy. No, I As, wouldn't say menschy, but he could have been worse. Yeah, okay, fine. I Like, I hated that interview, and you know it pains me, because like, I love Howard, and I really believe in his growth. Yeah. But it was really weird to hear. Like, Yeah, no, it was awful. Awful. But I I, th- I mean, also, like, Ashton, that is his girlfriend, so he's, like, also insulting Ashton. Like, right. It was, but, and I thought, like, he handled it well for being in an interview and not yeah. being, like, I'm leaving. You know what I yeah. mean? But also um, turning the narrative around. Like, talk, making it about Hollywood, you know. Okay, I no, like I don't see it that way at all. <laughs> he should have stood up for his girlfriend way more and like walked out of the interview. Okay, like a hundred percent. If Zach was doing an interview and somebody called you fat and ugly, like you would want him to leave. Okay, but like it's just what, like it's just different. How? Like it's just different because it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cool. Okay. Sorry anyways. to interrupt. Radio Andy. Uh, Nick Lachey went on Radio Andy and revealed that he has not given his ex-wife's memoir a read and that he won't be doing so in the future. He said, you'd be shocked to hear that I have not, nor will I ever read it. He said, here's the thing. Obviously, I knew the book was coming out. I lived the book. I know what the truth is, so I don't need to read it or read someone's version of a story. I know it. I lived it. So no, I never read it. Okay, well, I guess he's not saying, you know, outright that it's full of lies. But you know what? It obviously was not a flattering portrayal of him. When I think back on it, I don't think he came off so bad. Like when I have to die, I can't remember all the details, but if I had to diagnose what went wrong is that they had two very different ideas of what a marriage should be. I would diagnose it as when they met, she was up and coming, he was at the height of his fame, and throughout their marriage, she became a star and he was on his way down and he really struggled with not being the most famous person in the marriage. Yes, but I think also... You know, and, and that's why they worked when they were dating because, like, they had this, you know... The, Separate lives. Their dynamics worked for him and worked for her. She was, like, fine with being, like, you know... She was excited to be dating someone to more his, famous. Yeah, and, like, opening for them and all that stuff. But then I think he thought marriage would be, you know, like, the man is the breadwinner and this yeah. and that. And, like, you know, you maybe stay home a little more. And then she's just booming. And right. she's like, I'm not going to do... Like, they just... They had different, I, I just. Right, they like never even fully moved into their house because like she was so busy and he was not going to unpack boxes. Like it was a woman's job. Yeah. And also like, I thought one of the most interesting factoids about like their relationship was like they were going through like a rocky time and then 9-11 happened and oh, yeah. she like just totally fell back like into 
love like because you just made her like realize stuff you know what i now i'm remembering it's all coming back to me i think that the the thing i took away most from this book was how insane her memory was because she has these journals right like it's so crazy no she literally has journaled her whole life like so these are facts yeah so i was watching daily pop yesterday and they were talking about nick lachey saying this and then they were asking each other if your ex wrote uh, you don't have an ex no i don't i'm so lucky but like if if you, okay, if me and Ben separated and he wrote a book, yeah, and he wrote a, te- uh, a memoir, but just oh, no, but it's the only thing is it's like you say you're about twenty percent of you're not the whole book. I would say Nick Lachey was twenty yeah. percent of the book. Yeah, would you read it? Obviously, like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I mean, literally, I I owe Ben my life. Like, if he ever wrote a book like <laughs> about shit like I do in the house and like things I've said, like oh my God, I would never be able to leave my home again. Like, I would become a mole woman. Yeah, but maybe if you just, like, ignored it, didn't read it, like, it wouldn't affect you, like, Nick Lachey. Yeah, I guess. And also, like, this is, like, 15 years after. I guess, yeah, 15 years later, sure, I don't care. You have a new wife and yeah. kids. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I always felt like... Your hosting love is blind. Right. Are, the, the thing is, is like, I always felt like the way that they broke up and how he literally started dating Vanessa Lachey like a minute later and like got married and like, it's just so unfair, you know? Like your ex-husband marries the next girl and it's like the perfect love of his life. They have a picturesque family, like all that shit. So you know what? I always felt like on, in the marriage front, like he really got out on top. And now on the book, I just feel like we're even now. Well, I would say, yes, in terms of the relationships, he got lucky, so to speak, and has this wonderful life. But, like, she also hit the jackpot in terms of her business. And, like, yes. he doesn't have that. He's, no. They're extremely D-list. Yeah. And she's extremely A-list. So, like, That's so true. everyone gets dealt a different hand of cards. A hundred percent. So, you would read the book. Um... Yeah, I'm just a curious person. But and you're I, like but someone you know who what? reads like the comments. Like, but see, okay, that's the thing. I'm. I like to think I'm a young person. That's like an immature thing that I do. I hope that in 15 years, I will be at a place in my life where like I don't give a fuck what people say. Like I'm still like, I'm still emotionally immature. And like that's why I read comments and like respond to mean people on Instagram because I'm I have the maturity of a five year old. Like, interesting. I hope that in 15 years, like I would be so evolved emotionally. I would be so mature. That I wouldn't care. That you could be like, that's your truth. I remember it differently. Yeah. I think that's an actually a really extremely mature response. I don't know if it's true. We probably did read it. But like, if it's true, like I have so much respect, admiration, and jealousy of your maturity, your emotional maturity. Yeah. I agree. But we'll see where, I'll, where I'm at in 15 years. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah. still reading the comments. Probably. Hopefully there are still comments about me in 15 years. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? <clears throat> Yes. It's the final story. My sister said I was pitchy. And it really hurt my feelings. That wasn't pitchy. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. See? You know that? You know, if I'm saying something nice, I'd really mean it. Because I would say, wouldn't say it if it weren't true. This is sisters fighting ASMR. (laughs) Fifth and final story, a little fashion history news. Now's your chance to own Carrie Bradshaw's tutu from the Sex and the City opener. I'll buy it just so I can burn it. 
Famed Sex in the City costume designer Patricia Field has donated the pink tank top and white tutu seen on Sarah Jessica Parker in the series' opening credits to this year's Housing Works Fashion for Action fundraiser. That's cool. The sale, which will also include contributions from Kathy Hilton, Joan Jett, and Chloe Sevigny, Sevigny and more stars. What raises is a funny story about Chloe Sevigny? Sure. I have literally no idea who that is. Me like, I know, I know her name is famous, but like, who is she? I was sitting at Soas once, and I was waiting for someone, probably you, hmm. and she came over and like sat. She's like, Brenda or whatever. I'm like, no. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm meeting someone like right. I don't know, and we've never met, so I thought it was you. I'm like, that's no, fine. And then maybe it wasn't you because whoever I was meeting was like, that's Chloe Sevigny. I'm like, it is? She just sat down. That's so funny. You could be her Brenda. What is she famous for? I know. I should have just pretended. I think she's just like a girl. I don't know. Maybe she's an actress too. I don't know her at all. I'll just give her a quick Google. Chloe Sevigny is an American actress, model, and filmmaker. Oh, she was in American Psycho, Zodiac. Okay, she's an actress. Okay. Um, anyways, she's among the others who are donating um, items to raise money for the organization's life-saving services and advocacy for those impacted by HIV, AIDS, and homelessness. And while the shoppers will be able to peruse new designer pieces marked up to 80% off during the event, we're guessing interesting parties will need to pony up a bit more dough for Field's special donation. Yeah, I wonder what it's going to go for. Despite the fact that she snagged it for $5 <gasps> back in the 90s, she found it in like an item of five, uh, a bin oh, like a of... Bin five dollar things and she just had the idea for uh, sjp to wear it in the opening sjp was so on board they said hbo and like darren star weren't totally of sold of course not but um eventually it made the cut see that's why patricia field really is iconic like a five dollar bin mm-hmm. an iconic cultural moment and it'll probably sell maybe like i don't know is that crazy to say like 10 grand a couple g's i would think yeah and especially for a good cause like it'll right you it'll know be marked up people are happy if to it were it. at like sotheby's right it might go for less but i think this is a very fun but where um first of all who do you think is gonna buy it like just a regular person or like i feel like an influencer would buy it yeah that's a good point and like where would they put it like would they wear it or like you I think put it in a wear, glass box if it were an influencer they would wear it if it were like some sort of collector i can see like a new york fashion girly who's like a successful influencer purchasing it yeah and like recreating the photos i think that's actually a great idea free idea for an, a new for york a fashion girly who has like 10 grand lying around yeah there's plenty of you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were our fast five stories, and I those feel good. As, I feel as though you needed to know them. I really, really do. I feel like it's been a while since we had like a robust. Like this some- week has been robust. Yeah, we're three days of robustness, and I look forward to seeing what the rest of the week brings. We're three days of robotessen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a Vanderpump Rules recap, which is brought to you by Framebridge. Framebridge makes it easy and more affordable than ever to customize. To custom frame everything that matters without without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. Frame bridge is the perfect way to give a gift that they'll actually want to receive this holiday season. Don't just give slippers again. Give them something special. Shade. Shade. <laughs> as Jackie's literally wearing slippers. These are real shoes. They have soles. Go to framebridge.com and you can upload your photo or they'll send you packaging if you have a physical photo that you want to mail in. But it's so easy. Like when you're on your phone, you can literally just upload like, oh, we took this cute pic. Let me get a frame for my house it's so genius and it's reinvigorating the framing space which is so archaic and like you go to a framer and it's like a thousand dollars to like frame your graduation and you have to like diploma. lug that shit home yeah it's torture but framebridge has it all they have handcrafted personalized gifts 
that are starting at just $39 and all their shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use code TOAST. They also have stores now. If you're in D.C., Atlanta, New York, Philly, Boston, or Chicago, you can do it all in person. But the framebridge.com is a fabulous experience as well. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Just go to framebridge.com. Use the promo code TOAST to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com. Promo code TOAST framebridge.com promo code toast thank you claudia it's a pleasure vanderpump rules last night was pretty good yeah you know I, there were moments where i was in and out on my phone but then towards the end they really did they hooked me up. they hooked me in and did you see brock on watch happens live i did did you see his hair i did he got a blowout he looked like he just left dry bar like, i know i thought he was dressed up for halloween okay when I, they were like like right before he like really introduced himself i thought like he dressed, I thought it was a Halloween episode. Okay, because like Andy should, made a comment about his blowout and then Sheena posted something on Instagram and I just want to say, Julius is the name of the person who did his hair. Like, he did him dirty. No, he should have had his hair in a bun. He, no, but like, yeah, but that's Brock's, like, I don't, like, Julius did a beautiful blowout. It just didn't look great on his foch and he looks really nice in a man bun. Yeah, no, I just, I couldn't get past the hair. No, honestly. it was, I thought he was wearing a wig. Like, it was wild. <laughs> he, no, you know what? He honestly looked like a girl in her mom's mitzvah. Like, he had these curls. <laughs> Just weird. Um, okay, but the actual episode. So the thing is, here's where I fall. Okay. I fall b- with, like, obviously Team Lala, mostly because, like, whatever team Tom, team Tom Sandoval's on, like, I'm standing on the opposite side of the field. Like, I just, he is the worst judgment. He's literally the worst person in the world. I don't want to be anywhere he near him. He is the worst person in the world. Like, every week it gets worse and worse. No, and, and every week he's like, let me go through my files, find something contradictory that somebody did in these past five years, and bring it up just to make my argument look better. Oh, Randall, when, oh, Lala, when you and Randall started dating, it's like, that was four years ago. That's really not... And I know people are just like, Lala doesn't want to talk about herself. It's just like, I don't think that's a valid way to argue with people. Bringing up shit from four fucking years ago. No, I mean, well, the argument to that would be, well, Lala's bringing up stuff from 10 years ago regarding Brock. It's still going on. But I would like, I agree with you completely. Um, And also like the stuff with Lala, first of all, Lala and Randall have completely opened up their lives this season. Like we see them in the morning, like feeding the baby. Like they are actually being, it's not like she's hiding her life anymore. And so four years ago, she asked like the crew, the cast to lie for her because she was dating a, a married, married man. man. And I just like, that's just like reality show tings. I'm sorry, but a domestic violence charge and a restraining order is on a whole nother level and they cannot be compared. I completely agree. So while I do think that a Lala really is coming from a good place, but she's also a reality star. She is doing her job like I also think she's extremely emotional in new motherhood mm-hmm. and she is like projecting all of her a lot of her fears concerns, yeah. concerns and just like you know all these things that are running through her mind and she sees like her best friend in the same spot and she can't help herself but to and, like inject her opinion because it's just so real for her and I think it's completely coming from a place of caring me too and you know what this Brock stuff like he just can't get his story straight I can't follow anything he's saying on Watch Happens Live he was going on and on about it and then this morning Sheena, like, they just keep changing, like, the timeline of stuff. And it's so confusing. Okay, this is what Sheena said on Twitter this morning. That I was like, it's it's just all so messy. She said, and she said he was, like, dyslexic. So he's, did she delete it? Oh, also, just to clear things up with, just to clear things up because Brock is terrible with timelines and unfortunately suffers from dyslexia but the domestic violence order was only in place for about five months back in 2013. I don't know why he said four years ago. The kids came to America and saw him after that was lifted too. Just FYI. So they're all over the place. They can't get their own story straight but I have to say when he said to Lisa that he slapped his wife I like I I got like chills like 
First of all, because if he's admitting that, you have to assume that it's obviously worse than that. That's just like what he's willing to admit. Um, and I just like can't believe we're all having this conversation. It's like, you know what, Tom Sandoval, you like siding with someone who slapped their wife. Like that tracks. Like you're you're the worst. Yeah. Also. Um, and I, I just love Katie. That's all I have to say. Me too. Me too. Wait, I was just going to say something. Shit. I'm like losing all my trains of thoughts. Go Sorry, on. I just keep like interrupting you. That's why. Yeah. I'm... No, it was like. Um, Give it a second. We'll okay. give you a moment. Okay. But now I'm thinking about how I'm so mm-hmm. embarrassed. <laughs> no, putting you someone on the spot to remember something, they'll never remember it. It'll come up in like five minutes. My brain. You want to just move on? It's just out the door. Just give me like two yeah. more seconds. Of... I'll just play a game on the phone. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. No, it's not. Um, You're pregnant. Okay. Good. I guess we could just. Um... Mm, I think I'm getting closer. No. Okay. No? Yeah. Ooh, Grubhub, 35% okay, off. Just, okay. Um, so, yeah, I just, when he admitted that to Lisa, I I was just, obviously team Lala. Found La- it. Okay. okay. So, Lala, I think, actually summed it up really perfectly, and it's exactly how I feel. So, I think the way that Brock is going about it on its face, like, seems kind of, it, it's an interesting tactic. He's being extremely open. Um, watch what happens live. He answered every single question. He did. wasn't offended. He did. Wasn't defensive. He says, I'm an open book, and he's going to share his story. This happened 10 years ago. And, like, people can change. You know, someone can be rehabilitated if they've been, like, a bad person in their past. So he's, like, going about this in a way that I think everyone else, like, someone like Tom Sandoval is like. Wouldn't. It, no, it's like, this was 10 years ago. You're a different, man. But, like, what Lala said is, like, he's giving us this, like, vile package and then putting a bow on top. Everybody's Look, looking I'm at honest. the bow of, like, like Brock is being honest, Brock is yeah. sharing, when it's like, let's look at the package as well. And you know what? There's so many holes in his story, and I have to say, Andy did a good job last night because the most pertinent question of this all is like, you said you wanted to leave Australia to get a better life for yourself, the American dream in America. But like Australia is a thriving... There's opportunity. First world country. Like he was a professional rugby player. He arguably had a better life in Australia financially and professionally than he does here. He's like on a reality show. He came here to make a better life for his family, yet he doesn't pay his kids child support. So what better... Like that's just a lie detector determined that was a lie like you're not sending money home what what is your job here what life did you make for vlogging that's better than being a professional rugby player near your children you can vlog in australia the internet is global totally so i that doesn't add up to me nothing does like stop saying you came here to make a better life for your family your family don't know you they don't claim you (laughs) they don't claim you and you don't even send the money home right you're not even doing what you came here to do and it's like Imagine being his ex-wife in Australia, watching him and Sheena on Watch What Happens Live last night. Like, I'm sure she's feeling justice for herself. I'm sure she's feeling justice for herself, but also like watching these two like try and con their way like through explaining an awful situation. And you know what? Like Sheena's probably going to end up like paying the child support. That's what I was thinking. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this is just this. Sheena's just one of these people who have terrible judgment. And I think, like, an, a year or two from now, like, her storyline will be like, you know, she was taken for a ride by Brock. Yeah, the thing about... I mean, I want to believe. I want to believe. The thing about Brock, though, is he doesn't seem like... A villain. A, a bad guy. Like, he... See, it's It seems like, yes, everything in his past, like, it's not good. But there, it, it is possible that he is a better person now. Of and course. that he would not do something like that again. That he's learned from his mistakes. It cost him everything mm-hmm. at one point. And so... I think it's not impossible that him and Sheena like live happily ever yeah. after. But like you can't expect everyone to just hear that and know that you have this new baby with a woman who is 
who is not the strongest. Impressionable. Yeah, you, like, you know, Sheena's just, she's kind of a, the weak link. Like, she's so trusting. Yeah. She's so naive. Sweet. Like, like, and, and so we're, it's up to her friends to watch out for her sometimes. Yeah. And then they become the villain. I'm sorry, I'm grabbing my... Um, army green chanel boy and i'm leaving as well that bag was sick her looks are so sickening everything about her like everything she's she's just so fucking on point also last week you said that brock said something that signaled to you that he might have watched vanderpump rules previously he said he you know we're not, the playbook he said we're not all sucking dick for range rovers which is something that was said previous seasons and like probably brock had seen it then sheena spilled last night that like she had once um adopted a penguin for rob and then you know without knowing brock adopted her a koala when they were in Australia and honestly what you had said the week prior really like struck a chord with me because yeah. it's like he's definitely studying no something. like he has the answers to the test and now he's just cruising cruising totally it'll come back like I mean everyone's colors like eventually show especially on these shows so I mean him and Sheena keep saying like well you'll see this season I'm like I'm watching this she I'm was seeing. on Watch Robins Live like four weeks ago also well you know what she is the topic of conversation that's the other thing they're on this weird transitional period where all the good people have left the show all the people who actually do and say stuff we're left with like the stragglers and Lala's making things happen so Sandoval and Sheena and Brock are all mad that like something off camera was said on camera like you know what I'm actually as a viewer I'm very grateful what the fuck else would we be talking about Lisa's Kitchen oh the cocktails oh you know you know what every time Tom Sandoval shows up somewhere he brings like 11 shopping bags and if he's never invited to my home I hate when people wait, do that I absolutely loved like he was making Schwartz like feel bad about his simple cocktail he was Everyone, like you like, know me I'm, I'm I'm extra extra and you're just like so simple everybody loves loved. Schwartz's cocktail and Sandoval's will not be making the menu and I thought when, when he took the thing off and there was no smoke that was like the best moment oh of my, my God, life when Katie was like I didn't see smoke sorry <laughs> Katie is the unsung hero. She doesn't even do or say much, but when she's always on the right side, mm -hmm. and I just think she's really turning this into this season. Like yeah. she, every season is a different journey. journey for Katie. And but this season, she's just so giving over us, everyone. I said it a few weeks ago. She's giving us nothing, thereby giving us everything. Yeah, it's just like so stupid. Like there's such a clear right and wrong side of this whole Brock thing, and like she already hates Sandoval, and the fact that and you know that's the other thing. This has nothing to do with Sandoval. Not one iota of a thing to do with Sandoval. And he's inserting himself. When he told Lisa to give me a fucking second, that was crazy. This man is out of control. He's unhinged. He's losing his mind. And you know what? I love that Ariana doesn't stick up for him. Like, it makes me love her so much. Like, I need them to break up. I know. I just, like, I don't know how she honestly puts up with him. I, I, All of his extraness. Because she's such, like, a low-key girl. She's really not like other girls. Like, she's really low-key and chill it and makes cool. me think that he has to have some sort of reformation if they're still together right now because this behavior is not sustainable i thought you were gonna say he has to have something over ariana that's why she stays with him oh no but that like he i mean i want to just be optimistic and think maybe he like turns a corner because he, him behaving this way and by the way her never sticking up for him which by the <laughs> way so great is everything but that can't last in a relationship. No. So something clearly changes between them because they're still together. Okay. And also last night was just like the episode of Sandoval being so annoying. Like when he got to the restaurant, he's like, lights, we'll put a light bar, the door, the chandelier. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> shut up. You've never owned a restaurant in your life. You barely own the one that you have 5% of. I'm like, shut up. Even when he walked into poker night and he was like wearing his hat and everyone's Extra. like. I literally, my eyes entered Rolled. to the back. They saw my brain. <laughs> I was just like, these mom those moments are chipping away at me. I agree. My soul, like, I don't know how much longer I can watch this show while Sandoval's on it. Like, it eats everything. You know, the vagina candle. Like, everything is like a moment. He thinks he's so funny and cutesy and gonna go viral. And he doesn't know, like, with every 
shopping bag he brings to someone's home. Like it's eating away at the souls of the viewers. <laughs> so, but then, but like the thing is, like there are people on Twitter, like there are people out there who No, are, don't say it. I refuse. Standoffs. You're lying. That's what they call themselves. No, that's what I'm calling oh, them. That's a good name. That is a good name. And he only needs to see one comment to, to know, to think he's doing something right and to keep forging ahead. Okay. I remember I read something in Vanity Fair like a million years ago when Anne Hathaway was going through her like weird thing. And the, the, the leading line of the article was like, somebody told Anne Hathaway that she was America's sweetheart and she believed it. And that's literally what's happening to Tom Sandoval. Like, somebody told him that, like, he's no. the best part of this show and he's always right and that we love him and he believed it so vehemently. It's not even that. It's that he was in, like, a pageant for America's Sweetheart with seven other cast members. And, and they, they all, all got died. fired. Yeah. And that makes him the winner. By default, yeah, I guess. Even though technically I think it makes Schwartz the winner. But Schwartz is not an OG. He never even worked, worked at Sir. And like Schwartz is always going to be a foil. He's never going to be the leading man, nor does he want to be. Yeah, there's then there's no one. Uh, uh, maybe it's James, actually. Like, I don't know where it's we Lala. go from here. It's Lala. But I guess technically, like. But people do not like def- Lala. No, I know. But by default, Sandoval is the number yeah. one guy in that group. Agreed. Agreed. And it's eating away at all of us i would rather see brock in the role i would literally rather see ken yeah i'd rather see max brett anyone <laughs> like i'll literally take lorelei anyone yeah. Laura yeah. lee whatever her name was um so that is a vanderpump recap tonight is part four also what's the deal oh. with charlie oh yeah she wasn't in the last two episodes and she, she was she was in last night she got she, the hot yeah, sauce no, yeah yeah no and then like she comes in and it's just like automatically throwing shade at lala for not like respecting her, her food. dietary restrictions and she still hasn't like really explained them to us she Therefore, just doesn't eat pasta no it's like deeper than that you saw the episode in palm oh you might have skipped that one probably there's an episode in palm springs where like she talks about how she has like food um like some sort of food trauma from like growing up she would like have oh, to this. eat certain things um it was hard it was she didn't fully explain what it was and it was also like something I had not heard like it was hard to understand and now she just thinks that we all know but we still don't really know I definitely skipped that episode yeah she just has um just food trauma trauma yeah and I guess she didn't feel supported by Lala but it was just like it's just weird yeah um, part four of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion is tonight. Finally, I'm like ready for it to be over. Andy tweeted that like this is the one they talk about the twenty million dollars put into EJ Global, the phone calls from Tom, her threatening Sutton. Like it's the it's the Erica show. So that will be in the TV recap tomorrow, and then Thursday's Winter House, right? No, or is tomorrow, that tonight? Tonight's Winter House. Ooh, I hate when there's two Bravo shows like two hours. Like I like yeah. one hour. It's a nice way to end the night. But if it starts at eight, it's okay. Yeah, eight to ten, good. Nine to eleven, bad. Mm-mm. Um, so that is our show. Thank you guys so much. We hope you have an amazing hump day. Thank you so much for listening to the Morning Toast Millennial Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us the Morning Toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. And if you've made it to the end of the episode, congratulations. You are one of the very few toasters who actually listens to the end because you actually care about our feelings. And so... To let us know that you're still here, go drop a comment on our most recent Instagram of the microphone because Jackie made fun of my singing. Wow. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.